What's up everybody, I'm Ken Crump. This is the Mainstream Evangelical Podcast. Today I'm gonna to give you kind of a short podcast, not a very long one. Uh, it's Biblical Inerrancy Part Two um, because there's some other things I wanted to share uh, that I didn't really get to do in the, in the first podcast. Um, I wanna to talk to you a little bit about the history of inerrancy because we're still talking about inerrancy. Um, and one of the things I wanna talk to you about is whether or not this is something that has uh, a history to it and whether it's something that can be established in the history of the church. Um, progressive Christians claim that inerrancy is a modern idea. Uh, that the, but the truth is this doctrine or concept of the scripture of being without error has been in the church since the very beginning and it's very well documented. So let me give you a quote. This is a, a discussion I had recently uh, on my Instagram account with uh, one, of these, one of these groups, uh, one of the fairly new progressive groups are the new evangelicals. Um, and let me give you a quote. This is a response they gave me in regard to what progressive Christianity is or isn't. And what I said about progressive uh, Christianity is that it is basically a house of cards. It is false doctrine. It is a false system of theology that's really, it, it sounds good until you start to really get into it and start to document what they're saying and start to do some research. You'll find that people have developed to try to justify a lifestyle outside of what the Bible actually teaches. Now, they do get some things right, certainly, when it comes to compassion and love and things like that. They get that part right, but when it comes to righteousness or follow, actually following the Scripture, um, they don't get that right. And the first thing, in order to um, come up with this second, this false narrative, they have to first undermine uh, the scripture, because you can't really argue with what the scripture says textually. If you actually read the words and understand, do some actual textual criticism of the Bible, you will find that it does not teach what progressive Christianity teaches. So what they have to do is undermine that and undermine its credibility. And one of the ways they do that is they try to undermine inerrancy. Now this is a quote from, this is the response, and this is common, this is not just the New Evangelicals, this is a very common uh, common thing they say, you know, about inerrancy. It says, modern inerrancy is a new, all caps, belief given to us by the rise of fundamentalism after the Enlightenment, unquote. And that's the new evangelicals in response to uh, something I said. So um, as a Protestant, what we're talking about here is the Protestant canon. There are certainly other Christian canons and even fundamentalists recognize this and leave the door open for other Christian faith groups. So even, even the most conservative theologians recognize that other Christian faith groups have different canons. And so what we're going to look at here, the testimony throughout history, throughout the history of the church, that backs up inerrancy. First of all, you have the Apostle Paul. And this is what the Apostle Paul said about Scripture. The Apostle Paul lives somewhere between five A.D. to about 64, 67 A.D. We're not exactly sure the exact year of his death. 2 Timothy 3.16, he said, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's the New International Version. And God-breathed is the literal translation of the word theonustus, 
which means it is literally the very breath or very words of God, like it's coming right out of his mouth. That's what that says there. Uh, Peter also testifies about the scripture. Peter lived from approximately the year 1 to about 64 or 68. In 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21, in the New International Version, he said this, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So, He's clearly stating that the Word of God, the Scriptures, comes straight from God, that the Holy Spirit is what inspired these people. These are not their own words. And you will find also another issue when it comes to this in, uh, in progressive theology. There's, there are some views that, oh, well, these are just, you know, the Bible is no different than, you know, um, you know Ernest Hemingway or any other person that has this natural ability co to communicate and write. And, uh, but that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the apostles said. They said they were moved along. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So that's the testimony of the apostles. Now let's look at what uh, some of the other church fathers throughout the history have said about inerrancy. And inerrancy means that the scripture is without mistake, without error. And inerrancy applies to the original autographs and that we also have a, uh, a reliable, sufficient translation today of those original autographs that we also consider without error. And by without error, we don't mean that there weren't translational issues, um, like the misspelling of a word or punctuation, but no, absolutely nothing. There's never been any evidence that the translations of the scriptures have been uh, translated in a way that uh, is not consistent. So let's look, at, um, let's look at what the church father said. Clement of Rome, about 96 A.D., the Holy Scriptures, which are true, which were given through the Holy Spirit, you know that nothing unrighteous or counterfeit is written in them. Justin Martyr uh, lived around 165 A.D. Since I am entirely convinced that no Scripture contradicts another, I shall admit rather that I do not understand what is recorded and shall strive to persuade those who imagine that the Scriptures are contra contradictory to be rather the same opinion of myself. Clement of Alexandria lived from about 150 to 215. He writes, I could adduce 10,000 scriptures of which not one tittle shall pass away without being fulfilled. For the mouth of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, hath spoken these things. Athanasius of Alexandria, he lived from approximately 293 to 373. Divine Scripture is sufficient above all things. Now it is the opinion of some that the Scriptures do not agree together, or that God, who gave the commandment, is false. But there is no disagreement whatever. Far from it, neither can the Father who is truth lie. John Christosom lived from 349 to 407 A.D. For the Scripture by no means speaks falsely, he desires hence to establish by many proofs the unerring truth of Scripture, what Isaiah foretold, not out otherwise, but as he said. Gregory of Nazianzus, 329 to 390 AD. We, however, who extend the accuracy of the Spirit to the merest stroke and tittle, will never admit to the impious assertion that even the smallest matters were dealt with haphazard by those who have recorded them, 
and have thus been borne in mind down to the present day. Basil the Great, 330-379. All scripture is inspired and profitable, and there is nothing in it unclean. Gregory of Nyssa, 331-395 A.D. Thus it is by the power of the Spirit that the holy men who are under divine influence are inspired. And every scripture is for this reason said to be given by inspiration of God. Because it is the teaching of the divine, the scripture does not lie. Hilari of, of Potiers, 300-368 A.D. The scripture is accurate and consistent. Jerome, 347-420. through I am not, I repeat, so ignorant as to suppose that any of the Lord's words is either in need of correction or is not divinely inspired. Augustine, 354-430 A.D. For I confess to your charity that I have learned to yield this respect and honor only to the canonical books of Scripture. Of these alone do I most firmly believe that the authors were completely free from error. Anselm of Canterbury. For I am sure that if I say anything which is undoubtedly contradictory to Holy Scripture, it is wrong. And if I become aware of such a contradiction, I do not wish to hold that opinion. Thomas Aquinas. 1225 to 1274 AD. It is plain that nothing false can ever underlie the literal sense of holy writ. Other disciplines derive their certitude from the natural light of human reason, which can err, whereas theology derives its certitude from the light of the divine knowledge, which cannot be misled. Martin Luther, 1483 to 1546. But everyone indeed knows that at times they, the fathers, have erred as men will. Therefore I am ready to trust them only when they prove their opinions from Scripture, which has never erred. It is impossible that Scripture should contradict itself, only that it so appears to the senseless and obstinate hypocrites. One little point of doctrine means more than heaven and earth, and therefore we cannot suffer to have the least jot thereof violated. For it is established by God's word that God does not lie, nor does his word lie. John Calvin, 1509-1564 The authors of Scripture put forward nothing of their own, and dared not announce anything of their own, and obediently followed the Spirit as their guide, who ruled in their mouth as in his own sanctuary. Heinrich Bullinger, 1504-1575 all the words of God are true, steadfast, and undoubted. For heaven and earth shall pass away, but the internal word of God shall never perish, nor shall one jot or tittle fall from it. The French Confession of Faith, 1559. And inasmuch as it, the Bible, is the rule of all truth, containing all that is necessary for the service of God and for our salvation, it is not lawful for men nor even angels to add to it or take away from it or to change it. The Belgic Confession of Faith, 1561. We receive all these books, and these only, as holy and canonical. For the regulations, foundation, and confirmation of our faith, believing without any doubt all things contained in them, not so much because the Church receives and approves them as such, but more especially because the Holy Ghost witnesseth in our hearts, and they are from God whereof they carry the evidence in themselves, Article 5. John Edwards, 1703-1758 through 1758. Hence we may learn that all Scripture says to us is certainly true. 
Consider how much it is worth while to go often to your Bible to hear the great God Himself speak to you. There you may hear Christ speak. How much better we think that this is the word of men. Here is all true, nothing false. And finally, Charles Hayden Spurgeon, 1834-1892. through I believe that there is no mistake whatever in the original Holy Scriptures from beginning to end. Now this is a list of people throughout the last 2,000 years of history in the church would seem to contradict what people like the New Evangelicals and other progressive sites say, that this is a new idea. This is not a new idea. This is what Christians have believed, the majority of Christians have believed throughout the history of the church. This is what's true. This is the history that demonstrates that inerrancy has always been taught within the church, but only recently specifically written down, and the doctrine has been more specifically and concisely written down into a statement that people, that is not something that people have to accept, um, but there are statements out there um, regarding inerrancy. And I think this just goes to demonstrate, this is such a good example of how false and fake progressive Christianity is. And when you really get, it sounds good on the surface, but when you really get into it, you're going to find that it's just a house of cards waiting to fall. Uh, it doesn't line up with history. It doesn't line up with the facts. It doesn't line up with sound theology. And uh, I think it's important. You know, people can believe whatever they want. They can start whatever church they want. At least here in America, you have the right to believe whatever you want. And if you want to start a church, uh, that's your right. You know, and I'm not interested in telling people what they can and can't do, but when you misrepresent something, that has to be corrected. You know, and it's vital that we as Christians make sure that people understand what the Bible really says and not this, this false garbage theology really basically just made so people can justify their lifestyle and a lifestyle that's inconsistent with Scripture. You know, uh, this is what I call bumper sticker Christianity. You know, just because you slap a bumper sticker on yourself that says, I'm a Christian, doesn't make you a Christian. You still have to line up your thoughts, your words, your actions have to line up with Scripture. Now, progressives are really good at pointing out uh, some of the hypocrisy, which they're correct in a lot of it. They point out people on the right, some of the hypocrisy, some of the extremism that's there. They're good at pointing that out, and most of the time they're right about that. But then they completely, they completely miss the other side, and that is, that is their theology and how inaccurate it is. And there's a lot of misrepresentation, and a lot of people don't take the time. But then you have groups, subcategories of groups within progressives that basically have lifestyles that are inconsistent with Scripture, and they want to justify those lifestyles. Again, if you don't want to be a Christian, don't be one. But don't, don't lie about it. You know, don't... don't you know, make up a bunch of nonsense to try to justify your lifestyle. You know, that's, you know, that's you making yourself God. That's you subjugating the will of God. You know, God made us in His image, and progressives try to make God in their image. And, and that's what the real problem is. And it's dishonest, and it's harmful to people, and, and it's really unfortunate. But it's important for us to point that out. That doesn't make us mean. That doesn't make us, you know, you get called all kinds of names simply because you have a different opinion with some people. So I think it's important that we point this stuff out. And I think this is just one example of many that, that you'll find within progressive Christianity, how incredibly false it is. So I hope this has helped you. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Have a great day. God bless you. Mm -hmm.